Welcome to the Pete on Software podcast, where we program with passion. This is the podcast that discusses technology, the business side of software, and the tech people that drive our industry. And now, here's your host, Pete Shearer. Hi, and welcome to episode 25 of the Pete on Software podcast. I'm recording this episode on Sunday, October 13th, 2014. In today's episode, I want to talk about productivity. This is an episode that I've been thinking about for a while now, and I hope that it is going to be useful for you. Back in episode 1001 of the .NET Rocks podcast, Carl and Richard talked to Mark Seaman about getting into the zone and the science around flow state. It was a very good podcast, and I have a link to it in the show notes, but that isn't what I want to talk about today. In addition to this DNR podcast, there are several other resources on flow state, including episode 10 of the James Altucher podcast, where James talks to Stephen Kotler about what he calls hacking flow state and how to more easily get in and out of the flow. I'll let those resources stand on their own, and what I mostly want to talk about today are very practical tips to become more productive in the things that you do. I'm not an expert, and I'm not trying to sell you anything, but I am going to share some things that have worked for me in the past and that continue to work for me today to allow me to get things done. I think that one of the most productive things that you can do is to be more organized in your tasks. I have found that running your own personal workload or personal task list is just like running your own little IS department. Doing it that way is very advantageous. It can also help you make some decisions in a less biased way if you're just looking at it from an outside perspective. To start with that organization, I use something called Trello. Trello is a free web-based project management application originally made by Fog Creek and now spun out into its own company this year. According to Trello, it uses a paradigm for managing projects known as Kanban a method that had originally been popularized by Toyota in the 80s for supply chain management. In software and agile usage, a Kanban board is a display of some kind, whether electronic or a physical board, where there are columns that represent the states of a task and there are cards that represent the task itself, as you move the card from state to state and the task is worked towards completion. The card can only be in one state at a time. Typically, a very simple development Kanban workflow might be to have a backlog, where tasks sit waiting to be claimed. Then you have in-development, for which each person can only have one item at a time. After that, you might move the card to QA and then on to a production release. That's a very simplified workflow, and every department can be different and have more states, which columns, in order to signify more mature workflows. I explained that so hopefully you can get a mental picture as I describe my Trello board. I have a board that I've named Personal Productivity. In that board, I have three different backlogs. I have a blog idea backlog, a podcast idea backlog, and an other backlog. I organize it that way because it allows me to easily see the state of the hopper for my tasks and to see which ones might need more brainstorming to fill back up. Could I have just as easily had one backlog and then color-coded the tasks within it? Yes, but that's the brilliance of doing this. You can organize it however you'd like in a way that makes the most sense to your brain. So I have my three backlogs, and then I have an in-progress column, which I only allow one item to be in that column at a time, and then finally a done column. My in-progress column right now has a single card that says Productivity Podcast, which makes sense given what I'm doing this very second. Within each backlog, I have the cards organized top to bottom in priority order. When I have set aside time to work on my blog, I treat those like a stack, and I just pop the top one off, and I work on it. This entire flow allows me to be very effective in keeping track of what I need to do, and it ensures that I don't forget about tasks, or forget about the order or priority that I've placed on them. I found it very useful at keeping me focused. Next, I want to talk about another important concept. Timeboxing. 
you have to set deadlines on your tasks. Do you know how in school you, or certainly people you knew, would stay up late the night before to crank out a research paper or study for a big test? It's because whenever a deadline was imposed, no matter what, they were going to complete that task. If they were going to complete that task, they were going to do it within the confines of that deadline, whatever the deadline structure was. John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire podcast frequently quotes Parkinson's Law, not to be confused with Parkinson's Law of Triviality, which he always summarizes as, tasks will expand to fit the time allowed. If you give some things essentially infinite time, they will take an infinite time to complete, or in layman's terms, they won't get done. Set realistic deadlines for yourself. It won't help if you time box everything at 15 minutes, and one of the tasks is to write a flappy bird clone from scratch involving large hammers and that guy at work you don't like very much. That's probably going to take you more than 15 minutes. Size it accordingly. Another benefit to sizing and time boxing is that if you come open with a free 15 minutes or a free hour, you can easily see which tasks you might be able to totally knock out in that time, allowing you to ship more often for whatever definition of ship your task requires, whether that's paying bills or writing tests or getting feedback to a graphic designer. Very similar to the idea of time boxing is the idea of the Pomodoro technique. Pomodoro is the Italian word for tomato, and the idea is named because of those tomato-shaped kitchen timers. The technique is simple, though an entire cottage industry has arisen around the Pomodoro timer apps and books to explain the technique and programs to learn how to adapt it to your life, etc. But at its core, it's very simple. Basically, you work for 25 minutes, and then you take a 5-minute break. That's the simple version. However, when I say that you work for 25 minutes, you work. Distraction-free. You aren't allowed to check Twitter, email, stocks, whatever. You knuckle down, and you work for 25 minutes. And then, in the 5 minutes allowed for a break time, you check email, look at Twitter, look at Reddit, or whatever you do that isn't working. Eventually, you could start to size your work tasks in terms of Pomodoros. Oh, that'll take me two Pomodoros to accomplish, or, oh, that's going to take at least 10 Pomodoros, etc. John Sonmez from SimpleProgrammer.com talks about how he plans out his work week in terms of Pomodoros. He knows that he's going to have 60 Pomodoros to spend in a particular week, of which he might break it down as 20 Pomodoros for his blog, 20 Pomodoros for a podcast, 20 Pomodoros to work on his book, or something like that. And within that, he can start filling himself up with the sized tasks that he has created. I found that to be a very effective way to manage my time. The next thing that I like to do to be productive is to make lists. This is different than my list of macro tasks on the Trello board. This is a list of specifically what I need to get done. Remember, human beings are not very good at multitasking. They'll context switch, and the cost of that context switch is very, very expensive. So if you can work on one thing at one time, focused in your Pomodoro, focused on this item in your list, you're going to be a lot more productive. So specifically, this, is, this list is what I need to get done. It's the recipe of the task, if you will. Number one, get the peanut butter, jelly, knife, bread, and plate and put them on the counter. Step two, next, get two slices of bread and get them side by side on the plate. Three, open the peanut butter jar, and so on. Very detailed. I actually do this with paper and pen. There's a million and one to-do apps available, but I just like to make my list by actually writing it down. And it doesn't have to be wasteful or environmentally unfriendly. I actually most often will make my list on a whiteboard and write it down that way. But from there, I personally found that I really like crossing items off of the list, and I will work to do just that. It also gives me small little dopamine reward or whatever in my brain every time that I strike through that line item, and it makes me just want to do more so that I can cross more items off, line items off. When I was preparing to give my talk at Star Trek this past spring, 
I have a lot of things that I had to accomplish. I had to write three native phone apps. I had to do a push server for each. And the only way that I could actually focus and start making headway and not feel like I was drowning was to make lists and just knock them out. It was a great feeling to just be able to get each one done as I worked. I also want to add a small note here about music. Music can play a large part in flow state that we talked about earlier, but I just want to share a quick side note about it. I find that music with words, particularly songs that I'm unfamiliar with, tend to be very distracting because I can listen to the words. And that's why electronic or classical music is so popular with programmers while they work. It doesn't have any lyrics, or no complicated lyrics anyway. Carl Franklin from Dotnet Rocks had a Kickstarter that did get funded in order to make original music to code by. I have a link to that in the notes as well. He's been updating people on the DNR podcast, and he's been doing research into the right beats per minute and all that stuff so that the music is great for what it is designed to do. I'm not sure if I'll pick it up or not. I'll wait until I can hear selections from the tracks. But the idea is a great one, and it could give all of us a good idea for what kind of things we should be listening to while working. That's all I want to talk about today with productivity. Now on to my picks of the week. My first pick of this week is the GitHub Student Developer Pack at education.github.com slash pack. Their page describes it as learn to ship software like a pro, and there's no substitute for hands-on experience, but for most students, real-world tools can be cost prohibitive. That's why we created the GitHub Student Developer Pack with some of our partners and friends to give students free access to the best developer tools in one place so they can learn by doing. They have editors, hosting, continuous integration servers, payment processing, all free if you're a student. I think it's a great way to get students working on actual projects while they're learning instead of the boring classware that they're building. My next pick of the week this week is readme.io at readme.io. Beautiful documentation made easily. Easy. Making documentation is free, but if you want to do more, there are paid plans. But what's cool is creating documentation can be as easy as importing it from GitHub. Readme will create stubs from all your code, and then you can edit the documentation right on their site. In addition, they put it in an attractive format so that easy to look at, easy to consume, um, and easy for the average user to find what they're looking for. Definitely give it a look. It's a little easier to see than to explain over at readme.io. That's it for this week. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, I'm on Twitter at Pete on Software. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.